Visible is a wireless carrier that is not invisible. It is pretty clear from the name, actually, radio waves are invisible. And I can say this with authority as a licensed amateur radio operator. That being said, Visible won't be giving you the power to see light outside the visible spectrum. It's actually way better because having that ability would make getting around very difficult and distracting. What you do get with Visible is unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. You get one line of wireless, just $25 a month, which is great in these times of economic uncertainty. That is one line for $25, taxes and fees included. So whatever you're doing at this moment, please stop. Switch immediately. Now, monthly rate on the Visible plan for data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. Wir gerne sehen in was ist los. It's dein Freundo, Seth. I'm learning German. Yeah, in case you didn't know what that was. That is me trying to impress you with the little German that I know. Right now, I am actually learning German. I took it in high school. I goofed off the entire time. I did some other language learning apps. They taught me things like where the taxi stand is and how to find a bus, um, but not a lot of conversational uh German. Thankfully, that's what Babbel is all about. Babbel teaches you language conversationally, which let's face it, that is what you want to know anyway. I don't know. When I was in school, you learned like how to count. You learned like the colors. You learned the shapes. Those are all important things, but they don't help you when you're in uh, like Cologne, Germany with Ein Nierenstein, which by the way is German for kidney stone, uh, an experience I can unfortunately speak personally to. But I've been using Babbel to learn to speak German again, uh, better than I have before. I actually really like it because it is conversational. It's a little bit more relaxed. One of the things that it does that I really like is it'll sometimes show you what the literal English translation is. And I don't know why, but I find that very helpful in sort of understanding the structure, the grammar of a language and sort of putting myself into that mind space. Since I'm only in Germany for Gamescom, which is like a week, week and a half, I'm not immersed in the German language. I'm not immersed in German culture. So what I do is the second best thing. I'm taking Babbel. Hopefully this year when I go to Germany, I'll be able to impress all the Germans with how much German I know from learning through Babbel. The app has pronunciation recognition, so you'll be able to learn how to speak better with your accent, how to actually properly pronounce the words. That way you won't get made fun of by a, a group of older German men because you said Apfelstrudel and not Apfelstrudel. Um, no, it's really cool. Uh, I'm going to say right now there is a special limited time deal for our listeners. Right now you can get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners because you guys are the best ones, by the way, at babbel.com slash realm. Get 60% off at babbel.com slash realm. That is spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash realm. Rules and restrictions may apply. Listen. And welcome to a special short episode of Nintendo Voice Chat. We're talking with Kat about her visit to the Nintendo Redwood City offices to get hands-on with both the Switch OLED and Metroid Dread. Very exciting. Super happy to do this and happy to have this special episode going up on a Monday just for you guys. I'm also here with Seth Macy. What's up, Super Nintendos? And Kat, I didn't say your last name, Kat Bailey. 
Hello. Yes, that is my last name, Kat Bailey. That is your last name. And I'm your host, Casey DeVridis, but let's get right into it. So, Kat, how was visiting the Nintendo offices? It's a little surreal because this was my first in-person event since the beginning of the pandemic. So oh. went down there. They put us in a conference room. There were only two other people. I'm used to being able to go up to the front desk and there's like some cheerful Nintendo merch there and there are lots of people around goes through the cubicles and everything. This time it was very, very strict with the COVID protocols and everything, which uh, which meant that I was sitting around in my mask for a couple hours, but I was playing Switch OLED, so that took some of the sting out of it. Man. And let's, yeah, so you got hands-on with the Switch OLED. Can you tell us a little bit about like what they let you see, how long you got hands-on with it, and just your general experience with the Switch OLED? Well, when I walked in, it was pretty funny because it was all set up very nicely, right? It was on this little glass stand next to some flowers and everything. They had a nice floral arrangement around the Switch OLED so that the colors, the colors, right? Um, and I wanted to snap photos and they're like, no, you cannot snap photos. You can take photos or video when you are holding the thing, but you cannot take photos of it alone. So I just had to kind of roll with it, which I did. And I ended up setting up an over-the-shoulder mic uh, camera so that I could sit there and hold the Switch OLED up and play Metroid Dread. So the Switch OLED, interesting little console. So I pre-ordered it in full disclosure right when it was announced because I am a sucker for improved screens. But I totally understand why a lot of people would not be interested in getting a Switch OLED because it doesn't have an improved processor. A lot of the improvements are quite marginal and it's a $50 markup from a standard Nintendo Switch, which might be a problem for some people. But, and so I was feeling a little dumb, if I'm being honest, about pre-ordering the Switch <laughs> OLED. I wasn't sure if, I, if, if it was the right call. And even now I'm kind of like, oh man, this is such a luxury item, holy cow. This is not like buying a PlayStation 4 Pro or whatever, but the screen does make a difference. It is so much more vibrant when you are seeing it in person. It is really impressive. I put a launch switch next side by side with the Switch OLED. Of course, they wouldn't let me do a side by side comparison because having forbid that you be able to see it for yourself, the difference. <laughs> but it, it did make a difference. Like the, the launch switch looked duller by comparison, like almost faded out. It was. It was eye-opening. I was, I came away feeling really good about that screen. Seth, does has any of what you've heard so far change your attitude on the Switch OLED and whether you will get it or not? I, uh, I'm i trying to say that I don't need it, but I don't need anything, really. I mean, uh, yeah. I mean you could what? save your money for a Steam Deck. I Like, I wouldn't blame you or I'm anything. I'm not particularly excited about the Steam Deck as uh, much as everybody enough, else is. So, it doesn't like, have Nintendo exclusives on it. That's, that's fair. That's kind of where it is, yeah. And I know <laughs> what will happen is I'll be like, well, look at all these games that I never played. But uh, yeah, the Switch OLED, um, it's, it's hearing it is actually as good as we all hoped is, is kind mm. of wonderful and exciting. I know that, yeah, like an OLED screen, it, the difference is, is fantastic. Does it? Does it just like sort of bum you out now? I remember when the, the movie Avatar came out, there was a syndrome of people who left the theater and they were depressed because the real world <laughs> wasn't as good. Do you have the Avatar syndrome now from, from playing oh, yeah. the Switch no, OLED? The, the real world, the, the blacks aren't as vivid. The colors aren't as popping out. I'm no longer uh, playing Metroid Dread. Everything is just much worse than when I was sitting mm. in that conference room for 90 minutes. Man. Does it... <laughs> so 
obviously it's not going to have too much difference uh the ergonomics but does is there any difference in the feel of it at all can i tell you a secret yes the kickstand the kickstand is actually so much better i did not think i was like oh come on the kickstand really no the kickstand it's better it's actually usable now i want to actually play it in tabletop mode it's a small change but it's across the entire switch now it's not that kind of weird portrait mode of the (laughs) nintendo switch and it it works honestly you can it does actually play it on a plane maybe without it uh-huh. knocking over yes no exactly i think that it's a small thing but you know it is the small things that ultimately make the difference when uh in an experience like this and beyond that you know there's um another thing that's actually kind of a small difference but noticeable when you're playing it in person is they change the way that the speakers are housed in the switch oled right so the sound is actually much improved and much clearer when you are playing in handheld mode. Now, if you're mostly playing on your TV, there's not going to be much of a difference because there's, yeah, I mean, you get a LAN port. That's great. Having a wired LAN port is a big improvement for your dock. And mm. apparently there's going to be firmware for your dock as well. But if you are playing in your dock, you're not going to get the benefits of that OLED screen. And I think that at that point, the value goes down a bit. And another consideration is I, I'm still a Switch Pro truther. It could happen. It could happen as soon as <laughs> next year. And if that happens, oh, I, I would feel like, really, Nintendo? Really, you doing this to me? So uh, it, it does feel like a tiny bit of a risk, but I'm going for it. I'm going to get one. And so you already have the original Switch. Did you have the upgraded battery life Switch as well? Or nah, just the original? I didn't. Not the, so- the tiny, the tiny improvement. But in that case, Getting a Switch OLED will be nice because then I will get the improved battery life as well. Yeah, so you're you're due for an upgrade. Mm-hmm. Is- yeah, no, exactly. I thought about getting a Switch Lite, but ultimately I needed to be able to have the flexibility of being able to plug it into a dock and everything. Yes, 100%. So if you want to hear Kat's full thoughts on the Switch OLED, there is an entire article dedicated just to her hands-on experiences on IGN.com, but you have to play something else on the Switch OLED, you get to play Metroid Dread, which is incredibly exciting. And just as a reminder, the Switch OLED and Metroid Dread are both launching on October 8th, which is in just about two weeks from the day that you are watching this. Actually, definitely the date that we're recording this is exactly two weeks. So Kat, what did you get to play of Metroid Dread and for how long? I basically played the first hour and a half or so of Metroid Dread. So I got to see all of the opening moments and I will try not to spoil anything, though Nintendo has pretty much shown the opening in the trailers at this point. So it's establishing the premise and everything. I will say that it was definitely giving me some Super Metroid feels in the way that they were presenting everything. It's a really strong opening, does a great job of establishing the mystery of what is going on on this planet. I I was into it. And when you're actually playing it, it feels so smooth. Like Samus's movement just feels fantastic. Like, so, okay, so it's natural to compare Metroid Dread to Metroid Samus Returns, which was also made by Mercury Steam. And uh, Metroid Samus Returns, um, I wouldn't say it was controversial, but it did uh, inspire some debate in the community. 
and not the least because it's more combat focused. It's more action focused, I think. And that a lot of that is to do with the melee arm that you're using to block opponents. And that is going to be in Metroid Dread as well. So much of the focus is on cool action moments when you're taking out a boss or whatever, or taking out individual enemies or monsters. And I'm like, oh, okay, like the actual action moments don't do it for me. I've always been much more into the flow and uh, the feel of a Metroid game. And happily, that part is intact. And in fact, speedrunners have been really interested in the, the moveset that they've been introducing into Metroid Dread with the air dashes and the way, uh, the way that you can just, you have so much more flexibility than you've had in the past with Sandwich, which I feel that really translated into the controls. And it's strange to say, but this game doesn't have like AAA production values, but it is a real showcase game for the Switch OLED because oh, the colors of the alien world are just so vibrant. On that OLED screen, it looks so good at points. So, Damn it. You, <laughs> what? I'm convincing you, Seth. I'm you gonna can't, get you. You can't pre-order. They're all sold out now. And it's oh, like no, I like you're three. too late. You, yeah, you I know. Waited. I was like, you I don't waited. need that. Just got to go for it. <laughs> He'll restock it before Christmas. He'll be fine. That yeah. is true. Oh, that's how it works with game consoles these days. They're very easy to get <laughs> when they're in stock. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. Kat, <laughs> so you mentioned the the new moveset and abilities. Did you have, did you get to see any abilities that had not been revealed yet? I don't think so. I think they've all been described. So they Nintendo has been putting out blog posts for Metroid Dread. Mm -hmm. They've been like a multitude of them, and they've been describing things like the history of Metroid, because Metroid Dread is the grand finale of the series. It's been describing all of the different moves and everything. There was actually, I think the second trailer was dedicated in part to showing off a lot of the new moves. So the opening hours, the opening hour or so did not have any real surprises in that regard. The main thing was being able to just try it out, see how I felt and everything. So I'm gonna I am gonna be a little negative on this point. I was not a fan of the Emmy stealth sections because so I mean stealth sections have been done before in Metroid. They were done in Metroid Zero Mission, they were done in Metroid Fusion. And I think they were done better in those games. I, mm. I don't like that these particular rooms are just sitting like a big old sore spot right there in the map. Um, it's annoying to pass through them. They remind me a little bit of the Phantoms, actually, in uh, Phantom Hourglass, which was a, a oh. part of that oh. game that I really disliked mm. as well. And I'm just really hopeful that the the Emmys become much more interesting enemies. There there are some hints that they're going to do some stuff with them. There's a cool thing that you do with the uh, the Omega Cannon for example, which is another example of like the, the action moments in Metroid Dread. But yeah, we'll see. I'm not a big fan of the Emmys, uh, but mm. we'll see what happens with those. One of the things that I love about the Metroid games is there's that sort of feeling of just being alone, if that makes any sense. When you first, you know, crash on the planet, you're you just is that sort of is that uh, brought through in this that oh, yeah. feeling of OK, yeah, 100 percent. I was worried about that. <laughs> yeah, when you did, there's this really cool completely wordless moment that takes on that happens right away like virtually no context it's almost like a cold open and you're like whoa okay what the heck is going on here and Excellent. i was like i'm into it this feels very metroid and that's what i led my my preview with because i felt it, it was great yeah it kind of reminded me it's not you know it, it's tough to top because i think the opening of super metroid when you land on zebs for the first time and you're exploring the turian base and seeing the ruins and everything and the the rain is crashing the rain is falling and the thunder is crashing i think that's one of the best moments in 
in gaming yeah. history. That's tough to top, but it was giving me those vibes a little bit. Nice. So that made me happy. So if you've never played a Metroid game and then picked this up, would you be entirely lost in the opening sequence or does it kind of catch mm. you up to speed a little bit? It does catch you up to speed um, in the way that a Metroid game has going back to Super Metroid because there is a fair amount of lore going yeah, on. Yeah, there's a lot. At this point. <laughs> yeah. And this, I think that especially the opening is kind of predicated on you understanding the significance of certain things that are happening to Samus because at this point we have a good idea of like Samus's origins and what's been happening to her. She's been through a lot since Super Metroid, going through Metroid Fusion and everything. And Metroid Dread is being billed as the conclusion. So it's going to pick up a lot of those story threads. Now, if you're just picking it up and playing, it's a very enjoyable game, I think. And you're gonna be able to have fun exploring the world. It looks so much better on the Switch than it ever did on the 3DS, which is not surprising, but it <laughs> does bear saying. And yeah, so I don't know, if you're not familiar with Metroid, maybe go play Super Metroid, which is yeah, available on like everything and is one of the best games ever made and then play Metroid Dread. So if you had to so play one game before advice. this, it would be Super Metroid. Yeah, I would say I would I would suggest Metroid Fusion, but unfortunately it's rather hard to get these days because it is on the Wii U, but fewer and fewer people have the Wii U at this point. You can go and download it on the eShop on the Wii U. So mm -hmm. that is an option. It's quite expensive on the GBA these days, I believe. In fact, there was a big spike in sales, I believe, in yeah. both Fusion and Zero Mission, <laughs> which is too bad because this is a direct follow-up to Fusion. Like They established plot points in Fusion that come back in a big way in Metroid Dread. So if you do go from Super Metroid to Metroid Dread, you're going to be like, why is she wearing that costume? Who the heck is Adam? What is going on here? I have no idea. So. That is a problem. So if you can get a hold of Metroid Fusion, maybe try that as well. But Metroid Super Metroid is an amazing game and it's readily available. So bare minimum, play that on, one. On Nintendo Switch Online, the classic collection, yeah. right? There you yep. go. Okay. Exactly. It's that right reminds there. me that I wish they would release Metroid Fusion. Uh, just put GBA games on the freaking yeah. Switch. Yeah. Just do that. Just do that next. How about now? I was yeah. <laughs> I was half expecting a limited time collection of Zero Mission and Fusion, like just to just com to completely come out of left field during the Nintendo Direct and everybody go, ah, oh, now I have to buy these so I can play Metroid Dread. It, it would have been the perfect evil move by Nintendo. <laughs> to put them up. I, I, want, I wanted to mention a thing I always mention. I'm going to refrain, so please uh, give me applause. But Metroid, I'll stick to Metroid. I have no other questions. Seth, do you have any other questions about Metroid Dread? No, I'm other than I mean, just to say that how extraordinarily envious I am of you <laughs> for doing everything that you get to do. So this is what I will say about Metroid Dread. So I'm a huge fan of Metroid going back to Metroid 2. Like I played Metroid 2 before Super Metroid came out and I loved Super Metroid. I've played pretty much all of the games in the series except Other M and we did not speak of that one. And <laughs> some people like it. I gave some people are wrong. I gave Samus Returns a very good review when I was back at US Gamer. And I have mixed feelings about that review to this day, because when I think back on it in my memory, I mostly remember kind of the bloat and everything. It was a cool game in the moment, but it kind of overstayed its welcome in a lot of ways. And there was just something a little bit off about Metroid Samus Returns. Yeah. And 
it's being made uh, in part by the same studio. Mercury Steam is serving as a support studio. And the the vibes from Samus Returns are definitely present in Metroid Dread. And it's I've been trying to put my finger on what separates Metroid Dread, for example, from like Super Metroid. What makes a Metroid special? And I think that question is more pertinent than ever, especially in an era in which games like Hollow Knight and everything have come in and really kind of not revolutionized, but taken over the Metroidvania. Uh, I think a Metroid game has to work harder than ever to really stand out from the crowd in that regard. So I have been, even though I'm a massive Metroid fan, I've been a little circumspect and going, okay, like, what are we going to get out of this? Like, um, will it kind of live up to my expectations? And I'm hopeful after playing it, but um, I'm cautious. I will say that much. Not convinced that it has that special Metroid flavor to make it stand out. Maybe I'm just getting older and I have a CR television now with Super Metroid and that's just all I want to play forever at this point. <laughs> well, Kat and Seth, thank you both so much for joining me. Kat, thank you for telling us about your hands-on impressions of the Switch OLED and Metroid Dread. Remember, you can catch NBC usually on Thursdays at 3 p.m. Pacific time. Please look forward to our special Nintendo 64 episode celebrating the North America's 25th anniversary of the Nintendo 64 coming up later this week. And remember, Nintendo, I was going to say Nintendo 64 again. Remember, Nintendo voice <laughs> chat is the only place you can get the thing. Get the Nintendo 64. Yeah. Oh, I mean, the thing. <laughs> get the thing. I'm going to get that right someday. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available.